Hello, everybody. In this episode, we are going to talk about the Gartner Hype Cycles. I get a lot of questions about uh, this tool, this visual, uh, and uh, there's a lot of misconceptions in the industry. Uh, surprisingly, for uh, this construct that has been around for almost 20 years, there is still some uh, dark art to this. And maybe that's by design um, from our uh, friendly folks at Gartner, uh, but maybe it's not. Um, so t in this episode, what I wanted to do was I wanted to go through my perspectives on the Gartner hype cycles. And I'm being very specific when I say hype cycles and pl uh, and plural because there are many of these. Uh, there's actually, when you look, uh, there are about 110. That varies year over year, uh, depending on the focus areas, etc. But the Gartner hype cycles are interesting because they're not just focused on a technology or trend set. It's fairly loose, uh, this construct, uh, how it's built. Uh, usually if there's some broad category of something out there, uh, Gartner will uh, provide one of these kind of canvases that shows uh, where the technologies that support it or disciplines or even people sit along that continuum. And so uh, there are many, many of them out there. Most likely, uh, if you've got a question around AI, IoT, enterprise architecture, blockchain, innovation, emerging technologies, and you know, I'm just scratching the surface on all, all these different hype cycles. Uh, so there are a lot out there uh, for you to check out. And so how they assemble these hype cycles is what they do is they go and profile a set of technologies and trends. So over the years, so as some of you may know, I worked for Gartner for a number of years. I wrote the Emerging uh, Technologies hype cycle for also a number of years. And what I can tell you is there, there is a bit of a uh, formulaic approach to how these hype cycles are constructed. And they're constructed by leveraging kind of a baseline set of profiles of technologies and disciplines. And so this is just a snippet of all the different technologies that you can see out there. Uh, in this case, in 2018-19, there was about 2,000 uh, here in 2020. They actually pared that down quite a bit, consolidated a lot of the terms. Uh, and what I find with those technology profiles is it's really great if you run an innovation department within a company and you want to start to standardize on language on what you call things. This is a great example of a bunch of researchers going out and putting a lot of meaningful uh, information around those technologies, providing a definition, providing some of the key vendors that are supporting that, uh, the markets in which it covers. And then obviously there's some very specific hype cycle related um, uh, categories that are assigned to each one of the technologies. And so uh, it's a really good tool to use in your, um, your trend spotting activities. Uh, so definitely leverage that uh, in some of your efforts. 
So those base technologies then get applied to the hype cycle. And as you can see, there are a number of stages. There are five stages in total. Uh, there is the zone of the innovation trigger, uh, the zone of the peak of inflated expectations, the trough of disillusionment, the slope of enlightenment, and the plateau of productivity, which sometimes I refer to as the land of boring. Uh, so if the technology goes all the way over to that side, yes, it's safe, but it's fairly commoditized in the industry and everyone's using it and there's nothing really all that special about it. And so people look at this hype cycle in different ways and some interpret the hype cycle as if it doesn't get to the slope of enlightenment, it's not real and we shouldn't look at it. That's definitely uh, not an approach that I would recommend um, because the hype cycle isn't built to be um, essentially a maturity model. It's not built to be a, a uh, readiness of the technology, but it's really there to measure what is the uh, expectation or false set of expectations that this technology is pushing out into the market. And so if we dissect this a little bit, uh, what you see here is at the beginning in the innovation trigger that you know people start talking about a technology. Um, usually in this stage, especially in the lower portions, this is where it's more kind of an R&D lab type of situation. So uh, things like um, you know uh, nanotechnology, some of the more sophisticated like artificial general intelligence types of technologies would be squarely there. Now, as that technology or trend starts to move up to the peak of inflated expectations, I want to be very clear that that's not necessarily bad. You have to look at your own innovation strategy and figure out how aggressive do we want to be in the marketplace. Just because the technology is at the peak doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't invest in it. This is a risk management exercise. It means that, hey, 100, you know, 200, 500 scenarios haven't been applied to it. We know that there's a lot of value in this technology. It's just it hasn't been vetted out by the broader community. And so oftentimes what you'll find is uh, technology innovation leaders uh, within companies and companies themselves will actually start here at the innovation trigger and invest in those technologies and research and build prototypes, et cetera, of those technologies for a level of competitive advantage. Now, like I said, the hype cycle is all about that. It's all about giving you an expectation of hype versus reality. And so as you go from the peak down to the trough of disillusionment, What's essentially happening here is, you know, Gartner's not putting technologies that are bad or you shouldn't be looking at on the hype cycle. They're, they're putting them on there for a reason because there's only so much space that they have to put some of these dots on here. Um, but essentially what they want to be able to do is say, okay, it's really good at 10 use cases. Now, the industry, since it's at the peak, is promised that it's going to solve all the world's problems. Uh, you know, and then some. But when you go down to the trough of disillusionment, what that means is that 
a lot of people have touched this technology. A lot of people have kicked the tires on it and narrowed down the use cases to a critical set of use cases that make the most sense for technology. Uh, and, you know, we, we see this across, you know, all technologies where there is a, a whole lot of promise uh, and uh, we get disappointed because it doesn't meet that promise. So this is a way to calibrate expectations of your business leaders to say, yes, we're excited about quantum computing. Yes, great. That's a great technology or reinforcement learning. We're super excited about that, but it's still early on the hype cycle. So let's stay excited about it, but let's temper our expectations because it's still at that peak. We got to wait for it to get vetted in that trough of disillusionment. As you go up to the slope of enlightenment, this is where a lot of production grade systems are uh, being built. Uh, you know, this is where there's just a lot of players that are building on the on the technology, and there's not a whole lot of competitive differentiation. And like I said, the last stage of the plateau of productivity or the land of boring is where that technology or trend uh, is uh, well well established in the market. Uh, so this would be things like uh, the internet, uh, service-oriented architecture, mobility, those sorts of things uh, would be uh, ideal candidates for the plateau of productivity. Now, the last thing I want to leave you with here is some of the questions that the hype cycle starts to present as you look at it. So I'd encourage you to, when you look at this, so if you see a technology that is at the peak of inflated expectations, challenge your thinking and ask yourself, am I adopting this technology too early? Um, and part of it, again, is tempering expectations. And this is where, you know, we don't put a negative spin on it, but we take a more of a risk management spin on this, where we want to look at this and say, yes, great technology. However, uh, it's still early days. Now, when, once we get to the trough of disillusionment, uh, the other question is kind of a, another side of the coin, which is, are we giving up too soon on this technology? Meaning that uh, since it's down there in the trough, and yes, there is some disappointment, don't give up on that technology because it may be really good at a core set of functionality that you need for your company. Now, once you go to the plateau of productivity and the slope uh, of enlightenment, uh, that's where you start to ask yourselves and you really challenge uh, yourselves and you say, hey, if there's a bunch of technologies on that side of the hype cycle that uh, isn't incorporated in our strategies, what are we doing wrong? Are we adopting these technologies too late? Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of companies that suffer from that as well, that they're so risk adverse that they miss out on a lot of opportunity. And so I wanted to provide this really quick primer uh, for you guys. There's lots of other subtleties around this. Uh, and instead of going into every nook and cranny of the of the hype cycle, I want to give you kind of an overall basic kind of level set on what the hype cycles are. And then in another episode, I'm going to go through the one, the hype cycle that I used to author, which is the emerging technologies hype cycle. 
And I think it'll help to contextualize all this with a real hype cycle that we can start to kind of poke at and, and really start to understand.